Hello everyone and welcome back to the Engineering for the New Reality podcast series. You know, there's been so much talk on 5G, electrical mobility, energy storage and DC power. But the fundamental building blocks to making all of these things happen is power electronics. The major shifts in the power needs across the world, which translates to a major shift in the way electronics are being engineered. To discuss a little bit more about the innovations that are happening in this industry and how LTTS can help, we have with us Atul Abhyankar, who heads our power electronics engineering division. Hi Atul, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Not too bad, Akshay. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. So Atul, in the power electronics industry, there's always been a fight for packing in more energy density, you know, doing more with less. So what are some of the new ways in which we can make our power electronics even more energy efficient? And how can LTTS help here? Yeah, as you know, there's a saying that most of the things in the world of electronics, the viability of application is the power supply because it eventually leads to power requirements and energy utilization and powering up the equipment. So power supply is one of the heart or I would say the main component of, of any electronics uh, equipment which is being used. Traditionally, electronics equipment and electronics industry for ages has been trying to reduce the size, what we call as the form factor of the equipments. The glaring examples of these are the laptops, mobile phones, industrial equipments, which we see day in and day out. And if you compare the size of these equipments, it has gone southwards for last decades. And what? how does it impact power electronics? Because with this size, the size of the power supply that is powering these devices or equipments also has to be optimized to be in sync with the size of the equipment. And hence, the form factor of the power supply has to go down. And as you go lower in size, you face the main issues that are that are like taking the heat away uh, from the power uh, supply because that is one of the components of the equipment which generates a lot of heat. Hence, the focus on 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 the development in power electronics is increasing the efficiency. The moment you increase the efficiency, less heat is generated, and it's easier for the heat to be taken off. Hence. Electromechanical packaging along with the new developments in power electronics is of utmost importance. So one mm. of the ways to reduce the size is to increase the switching frequencies. Okay, but it comes at a cost. There is no free lunch. As you increase the switching frequencies, the switching losses go high and also the magnetic losses go high. Of course, the size of the magnetics comes low because uh, of a higher switching frequency and thereby you can reduce the form factor. But if you reduce the form factor, you still have to take the heat away because the efficiencies may not uh, go low. Okay, so one of the ways to do it classically was to use resonant conversion techniques of zero voltage switching and zero current switching. By doing this, what we do is we remove the losses associated in the switching phenomena of the power electronic devices. So yes, it did reduce the switching losses in the circuits and we could push up the switching frequencies higher. Uh, we could also reduce the size of the magnetics, though magnetics losses uh, did not go low, but new magnetic materials are evol evolving, which I'll touch on later. But to do that in, in a resonant uh, circuits, you might have to put an extra tank circuits. So that was the only flip side, but yes, the designers were able to push up the frequencies higher, switching frequencies higher and reduce the losses. 
new electromechanical packaging techniques cooling techniques also had have emerged over past couple of years like liquid cooled converters is being a norm in uh, electric vehicles new fans uh, with a with better speeds and higher uh, air delivery have come and new materials which bond the semiconductors to the heat sink using ceramics or aluminum oxide have actually helped in uh, taking the heat away from the device but the real future for increasing the frequencies is is going to be tied up with the advancements in semiconductors and for uh, for 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 a long time semiconductor industry has always fueled the advancements of power electronics it started from thyristors which needed a commutation circuit to turn it off to gtos which could turn off without a commutation circuit but needed a large amount of current to turn it off then came the bjts or bipolar junction transistors then mosfets igbts and in the recent past 5 years wide band gap devices have started entering the power electronics domain the silicon carbide or sic devices and gallium nitride or gand devices are the ones which are catching up now if you if you queue back to what i said about high switching frequencies and high losses these devices are ideal to be operated at high frequencies because they have very low switching losses they turn on and turn off very fast and they can operate at a super high frequencies which can actually reduce the switching losses when you jack up the frequencies in addition new magnetic materials advancements in ferrites materials like cool mu mpp cores have come into picture which can withstand these high frequencies because it's not a solo it's not in silo that semiconductors conductors can go and uh, and have an advanced uh, features but the magnetics also should balance it so that the whole package of power electronics can be fit in a small package with a higher energy density and low uh, and low losses leading to higher efficiencies if you ask me how lttts can help yes we can help in a lot of ways lttts always believes in keeping up with the pace of the technology and to do this we have built our own internal accelerators using wide band gap fits like dc to dc converter which is bidirectional 10 kilowatt on in power rating we have we have designed using silicon carbide fits and we have achieved efficiencies greater than 96% you have also decide, uh, designed a gan fed based ac to ac converter which takes the ac input and chops it down to a lower value without a transformer here we are operating at a frequency of around 300 kilohertz and the whole unit is very compact we also have an accelerator in terms of active front end rectifier unit which is again built using silicon carbide devices running at 50 kilohertz and the passives and the magnetics which are used here are very small compared to the classical afes for the same power rating which operate at 10 kilohertz in addition lttts also has a strong practice in computational fluid dynamics and electromagnetic simulations so that we understand the best way of taking the heat out the best way of cooling the critical components in the circuit and the electromagnetic analysis helps us design the optimum magnetics so all put together we can give a solution to reduce the size and increase the power density and so atul you know while there has been a slight delay in 5g rollouts one can safely say that the rollouts are coming up soon and they're going to dramatically shift the way we function so how will this impact the power electronics industry and the way we engineer drives and converters Yeah, to answer this question i will have to uh, point to two aspects of how 5g will affect power electronics one is how 
what will happen to power electronics when 5g comes in terms of scaling up of the equipment which powers the power electronics and number two is how power electronics equipments will change in terms of uh, being more smart or being smarter after the arrival of power electronics so as you know the the mobile industry has evolved from 2g to edge to 3g 4g and now 5g is coming it's putative that 5g will be a part of the landscape in very near future now what it does is when 5g comes in all the receiving station the, the transmitters and the base stations will need more power they will need uh, stronger power supplies they will need to uh, to give more power to the 5g networks in the same size in the same form factor and this will fuel growth for new age power supplies to power up these equipments for 5g for base station for mobile towers if needed and also for data centers where 5g will be of utmost use and this will go hand in hand with the new age semiconductors which will help drive the power densities up and give more efficient uh, power electronic circuits to, to roll out the 5G equipments. So to answer the second aspect of what we spoke on uh, how 5G will affect power electronics, currently power supply uh, units, chargers, inverters and drives which are powering different different loads like uh, maybe enterprise communication load, the industrial loads, uh, so on and so forth are not fully digitalized. The reason is the northbound connectivity using 4G. Once 5G is in place, we can sensorize this power, uh, the power supply units, the drives and inverters, which will be the main things in an automation industry, the motors, and take feedback from all these sen sensors and you know take the data and load it up to a cloud or a enterprise uh, server using a 5G because it will be available everywhere. Once this data is available, we can use analytics to find out the state of health of power supply, maybe which is charging the mobile towers itself or which is uh, or the power supplies that are charging that are powering up the enterprise uh, servers or the inverters and drives and try to find out if anything is going wrong in this equipment. For example, in power supply, the, the weak link is a capacitor and if, if, if we can have proper sensor data to analyze the capacitor temperature, the ripple current through it, we can always predict when the capacitor and hence the power supply will fail. Similarly, in the inverters, drives or any power electronic equipment, if we see that suddenly the temperature rise is higher for a, for a uh, similar load, then we understand that something is going wrong somewhere and then we can schedule a maintenance of this. And this will be possible by using the condition-based monitoring and also some of the solutions what we have which can be merged with the sensors and the 5G to load the data. And last, uh, up to now, the supervisory control of power supplies it has been existing, but is, is at a very limited uh, level. With 5G coming in and the network availability being anytime, everywhere or ubiquitous, as we say, we can also get into supervisory control of power supply, either through UIs or mobile applications, so on and so forth. So let's let's switch gears a little bit and talk about electrical vehicles. So you know, from deploying ceramics and lithium-ion batteries to fuel cells, there are all kinds of innovations happening for EVs, right? Uh, the major considerations still revolve around pricing, power density, weight, safety. So what do you see as the future roadmap of power electronics for EVs, and what is LTTS doing in this space? 
Yeah, EV is is a is a subject that has got an uh, imagination of a lot of people. And yes, EV is going to be the future. And if you ask me, the heart of EV is going to be power electronics. May it be hybrid, may it be full EV. Power electronics is there to stay. Because if you see the EV vehicle, if you see the plane architecture of EV vehicle, you have batteries which are driving an inverter which run the motor, which make the car go ahead. Now, the architecture may sound simple, but the components to it, which uh, which are uh, which actually fuel this or which drive this are chargers. Chargers can be onboard chargers as well as offboard chargers. They need to be efficient, they, uh, especially the onboard chargers. They need to be efficient. They need to be light in weight and they need to be ultra safe. Offboard chargers also, they need to be in, uh, designed in such a way that the harmonics they generate because believe me, the offboard chargers are going to have a high voltage and I'll come to the voltage in five minutes uh, at a later part of this uh, question. And, and the harmonics if they, which they might cause if not designed properly on the grid can be very high. In addition, there are going to be inverters which are going to drive the motors and they are going to be auxiliary DC-DC converters. Now, if you go to each and every aspect of this, uh, an interesting study evolves. If you look at the, let, if you start from the inverter side, okay, uh, EVs are, are going to be of various type. You're going to have two wheelers, you're going to have three wheelers, uh, you are going to have four wheelers which are, you know, kind of Uber or Ola taxis, you are going to have uh, high performance four wheelers, SUVs, so on and so forth, and also e buses and trucks. Now, if you see the two wheeler and three wheeler market, it's going to be totally different. The the whole focus on two wheelers and three wheelers is uh, is going to be size because the available space for mounting the chargers and the inverters is going to be very small. The power rating is not very high. The motors are not going to be, you know, high tech motors. So the challenge over there is in terms uh, in terms of power electronics is design something very cheap, which is efficient and more so from the batteries point of view, the batteries which are going to be powering this have to be super reliable. And because two wheelers and three wheelers are predominant in Asian and tropical countries, temperature considerations are going to be an issue. Now, if you go to four wheelers and Ola or Uber or a, or a taxi kind of an application, what happens is the the people who drive these cars are not so much interested in the performance of the car. They are not interested in going to going from zero to 100 miles in six seconds. Rather, they want to have an inverter which is very, very efficient and hence efficiency and how many miles you can go on a charge is going to be very important. So this market is totally different. If you go to a super high uh, performance cars, then yes, you need inverters with very high digital uh, controls with very sophisticated digital controls which, which can give a high starting torque and then which which, which can go into a, a high speed low torque mode in a very smooth and an efficient way and you know the the performance of the inverters is going to be prime and for buses uh, the the power of the inverters is going to be very is going to be very very high so to fuel all this you are going to need chargers so if you look at uh, two or three wheelers the onboard chargers may not come on two or three wheelers rather people will would just carry a charger with them and whenever they find uh, a space they will hook it up to an ac supply and charge their batteries but for four wheelers the typical power ratings what you're going to have for an onboard charger is going to be around 22 kilowatts or uh, or so 
and of course it's going to be higher up to 50 kilowatts for buses and trucks and again these onboard chargers will have to be liquid cool because you have to pull out the you have to pull the heat away from the car now coming to offboard uh, charger now this is a very interesting market because most of the buses will be based on offboard charging so you will need around uh, greater than 300 kilowatt of pentograph charging for the buses or trucks and and greater than 600 kilowatts for fast charging and believe me it's going to put a lot of load on the current power electron uh, on the current power system infrastructure which is existing and to address all this power electronics has to scale up has to make things better cheaper and more efficient and also cleaner from the point of view of transmission lines now there are two other aspects to ev which are going to be addressing or going to be driving the power electronics one is the battery currently there are two lithium technology batteries one is the lto battery good for quick charging and lithium ion nmc which is nickel, uh, nickel magnesium batteries which provides a high power output and the energy density goal uh, we would need to reach is 250 kilowatt at cell level and 200 kilowatt at module level with 2000 cycles for charging further improvements in the battery technology are likely to come from solid state batteries by 2025 metal air batteries to achieve all this the chargers it's not going to be an easy job to replace the charger so the drive will be on making the chargers digitally controlled where the charging algorithms of various different different kind of batteries can be flashed on to the controller and we need to make provision for this when we design the power electronic circuits with its controls so that any new technology in battery which comes in the power electronics should be able to cater to it and last but not the least is the motors so currently if you see permanent magnet synchronous motors induction motors bldc motors are being used in electrical in electric vehicles also switch reluctance motors which are very good because they have got good speed, speed torque characteristics and are basically easy to manufacture and synchronous reluctance motors so all these motors are being driven by the inverter so the drive algorithm for the inverter to give the best possible torque to give the best efficiency has also to be factored got to be factored in the, the new varieties of motors that are being investigated on is axial flux motors and also the distributed motors which will be in each of uh, are called distributed wheel drive where you have where you have one motor per wheel that is also being uh, explored it is also called as in wheel motors the new mode another new motor technologies are going to be memory motors or flux switching pattern uh, flux switching permanent magnet motors now all these will have to have a different types of algorithms for controlling yes foc or field uh, oriented control is there to stay but how you control is going to be uh, different for various type of motors and those things also have to be factored in when you are designing the inverters for the ev So Atul you know with so much talk about clean energy and meeting various sustainability targets one of the biggest challenges for us still remains in building scalable and efficient energy storage systems right because the thing is that installing storage whether as a standalone asset or by adding to an existing uh, utility power source is still very individualized and it doesn't interconnect with other sources of power so how can power electronics shape the future of energy storage and help us meet our clean energy goals 
Yeah, I think uh, that is a very valid question because uh, we discussed about 5G, which is going to need more more power. We discussed about EV, which is going to change the landscape of the power requirements. So, what is going to happen in near future? Suppose you have a bus station where you are charging 10 buses, uh, and each bus needs say 600 kilowatts of quick charging. You are going to have a 6 megawatts of additional power requirement at that particular point. and what we need to ponder on is is whether the power system which is installed in terms of the cables the transmission lines the circuit breakers the transformers is equipped to handle this new energy load which is going to be true for 5g which is going to be true for ev because you are suddenly going to see a see a large uh, increase uh, in the requirement for for power coming up so if you see the current cagr uh, for the home uh, electric supply from 2018 to 2024 it is going to be 6.2% and if you add ev and 5g to it it's going to be much higher and here is where power electronics will will come into play so what utility companies and the uh, microgrid or the community electrical community people do is instead of beefing up the transmission distribution lines and these circuit breakers which will cost for a lot of investment what will be done is we'll have microgrids and you'll have points where you will have renewable energies being connected to the grid and to do that what do you need for renewable energy or the hybrid energy where you take the energy from the renewables store in the batteries and then give it to the grid for this kind of a energy storage system the heart of it is again power electronics you need voltage balancing converters to take the energy from the renewables dump into the battery the battery has to be tied to the grid so you need an inverter also if the power is available in the grid and excess power is available in the grid there is no renewable the inverter should be bidirectional by 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 saying that what i mean is it should be able to take power from the grid and charge the batteries also so for doing all this we are uh, the 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 focus is going to be on highly efficient bidirectional inverters for tying to the grid and inverters which will power up the batteries or charge the batteries from the renewables so this is one of the areas when power power electronics can help a lot in addition lot of loads are going to give bad current harmonics onto the transmission lines with bad power factor it can be power factor uh, hit because of harmonics or because of uh, lagging or leading power factors and another equipment in power power electronics which can mitigate this is shunt active filters which take the harmonics and negate them by introducing negative harmonics on the system so that the power which is drawn is clean and while doing so the currents in the line go down because now the power factors improve and whatever energy you are drawing is active is more of an active power than the reactive power need new generation power electronics converters and controllers to address this requirement okay in addition in the us as you know the distribution system has a pole mounted transformer which takes single phase and distributes it to the house so there are multiple pole mounted transformers so there is also research going on on having a distributed power inverter with battery pack near a pole mounted uh, uh, distribution transformer or akin to a pole mounted distribution transformer which can act as a means of reducing the peak load 
So when you have this microgrid ready with different uh, DERs, which is a distributed energy resource, plugged into different points of a power system, may it be for clean shaving, may it be for may it be for peak shaving, may it be for returning power to the grid or storing power to the batteries. This is going to change the landscape of the power system and hence the requirements of the power electronics, which is going to fuel this uh, clean grid and cater to a higher load demand. So Atul, to, to summarize, could you describe some of the differentiators of LTTS that makes us an ideal partner to develop next-gen power electronics for the 5G, EV, and clean energy markets? Yeah, sure. Uh, LTTS uh, has been working in power electronics for a long time. We are a part of LNT, and LNT had a strong manufacturing uh, practice and drives. So LTTS for last more than 30 years has known the importance of power electronics and hence has also invested in the power electronics in terms of the labs or the skills, so on and so forth. To start with the labs, LTTS has a, uh, had a lab of 100 kVA in one of their old facilities, but last year we moved to a new lab with a higher power rating of 250 kVA and this lab is equipped with dyne setups which are controlled through AFE uh, to test the motors and drives. The, the, the reason we are controlling it through AFE is to feed the power back to the grid so that we don't waste the power which is uh, being burnt in the load, rather we only feed the losses. Number two, these labs are now also equipped with pre-compliance for EMI, EMC, thermals. In fact, some of the equipments what we have, like a thermal oven which is 8 meter cube, can enable us to do a lot of thermal testing do a thermal halt and harsh for multiple devices under stress. Uh, in addition, the pre-compliance we can test for conducted emissions in our own facilities in Mumbai. We also have a radiated emissions test facility in Mysore. In addition, we have associations with UELs and TUVs of the world, but we are also associated with a lab which is, which is a government lab in Mysore called Lahari, which is fully equipped to handle any kind of a compliance for, for EMI and EMC. In addition, we have a very strong association with the universities like Indian Institute of Sciences, IIT Kanpur, IIT Mumbai, where we work with them for a lot of uh, projects in power electronics. Thank you so much, Atul. I think that was a fascinating perspective into the opportunities and possibilities in power electronics. And to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in again. To listen to the other episodes of our Engineering for the New Reality podcast series, do visit our website at www.ltts.com. Thank you and have a great day.